Hi, I'm T2, and I support Jedex Grown Up through Patreon because they're super gentle to my wires and boards. I think you should too. Go to patreon.com forward slash Jedex Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to episode 81 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. <laughs> I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we'll click on a new documentary that explores the impact of social networking, discover a wealth of unexpected resources available for free on a government website, and discover a modern game featuring everyone's favorite ape, Donkey Kong. It is everyone's favorite ape. Is right? anyone's favorite? Well, I, King Kong is kind of my um, favorite personally, but that's okay. Yeah, okay. Wow. We'll McGill Gorilla doesn't no, call it. Good one. There you go. <laughs> not better than Donkey Kong, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, while he may not be our favorite ape, he's one of our favorite fourth listeners. Butter Spider wrote in, <laughs> and the subject line was Air Warrior. Okay. Butter Spider says, Hey, GXG, I just listened to the latest podcast on ancient online gaming, and I remember Air Warrior for sure. Mm. Me and a friend of mine would use up all of our AOL minutes playing this thing. <laughs> AOL minutes, oh my god. Right? <laughs> it was an open world World War II aircraft game, although you could choose to get in a ground AA mobile gun truck. But the really cool part about it was that you could choose to crew a plane depending on what was available at that particular airbase. If you had a bomber pop up, then all the people waiting would jump in at all the possible crew positions. You'd have a pilot, bombardier, navigator, and all the gunners. And you would then try to bomb the opponent's base and slow down their respawn, which really sucked at how many dollars per minute it was oh to play God. in the first place. Mm. That sounds like a dollar <laughs> suck, doesn't it? It is, God. right? It's, it's like you're basically, you're playing the game, but you're literally impacting the guy's wallet, his real money in the real world, because you're screwing up his respawn time. So that's an incentive to do well. It, right? Yeah, that people got good. <laughs> He says you could also choose fighter planes and fly solo, trying to shoot down opponent bombers and fighters. It was quite an amazing fun game. I was sad they shut it down, although they did end up saving me tons of money by shutting it down. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great memories. Thanks, GXG, Butter Spider. That's awesome. You know, I was wondering, like, why is there a game like that out today? Like a modern version of that? That would be pretty awesome. I yeah, I mean. It would I, take I, different crew positions. and I It mean, that sounds could be a kind of, of like a World War II version of like an MMO, right? Where everybody yeah. kind of gets together like an in a, in a squad and you have different roles and but in you know modern ones are mostly fantasy right you have a, yeah. a healer and a warrior and a paladin and stuff yeah but. i mean the last military game like that that was an mmo that i remember playing was america's army but mm. it was free. oh yeah yeah, yeah. So. yeah the army army put that out right <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well thank you butter spider we love it when the fourth listener writes in and if you would like your email featured on the show just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com we read every single one and most of them like butter spiders make the show all right, we have a full docket. George, Mo, you guys ready to get into it? Let's do it. Sure. Let's hit it. Do you have a song to share? Let the music inside you fill the air. Picture life's lyrical moments on Coda Color VR 200, a color print film so versatile it can even perform in shifting light or with sudden moves. Just breathe deep within you and let your spirits fly and you'll shine as time goes. Because time goes by. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. 
The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. All right, let's get the ball rolling with media. Whatever we may be checking out in the world of media it could be uh, movies or television shows or comics or books or music, whatever it might be. And again, I'm so pleased that it's getting harder and harder to pick what I want to talk about in media. <laughs> it's coming back. There's more stuff coming back. Uh, what do we start with you, Mo? What did All you right. decide to check out for our media segment? Well, I watched a show from Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Mm. Mm. Yeah. They've been trying to force that one on me for the last month. <laughs> then you're what to watch next. Isn't it? <laughs> it's, that yeah. big banner at the top and everything. Exactly. Damn exactly. It. Leave me alone. And then a friend of mine's like, oh, you know, you should watch that. I say, like, all right, sure, I'll watch it. And let me tell you, it didn't tell me anything new about like the whole so- – basically, basically, it's about how social media and how it's affecting society and how you're essentially the product, mm-hmm, right. you know, that kind of thing, which it didn't tell me anything new about that. Like I kind of knew all that, but hearing it kind of laid out this way made me feel really crappy, <laughs> quite oh, honestly. Really? And that's the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed Gen yeah. X Grow Up and all our social media offerings. Because <laughs> they had people who were in the industry like from the early days. Like they had the guy who actually developed the like button on Facebook. Yeah. And then they yeah. had some psychologists and all this stuff on there. And their goal is to keep you online, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the guy, what they say is that if you don't know what the product is, then it's you, basically is what they said. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's your data. It's your information. Yeah. Well, stuff uh, about well you. that's the thing they said. They said, it's not your data. He oh. says, it's actually you. Because they... They handle all the data mining and then they figure out what advertising to target to you. Yeah. It's the same thing we used to say at the poker table. If you sit down at a poker game for 20 minutes and you can't figure out who the sucker is, it's it's you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, and listening to the stuff they came up with, like, you know, the things they did to like, just to keep you online and the guy who developed the like button, he was like, they never intended it to do what it did. They just thought it'd be a good social thing. Like, Hey, I like that, you know? Yep. But instead like people started getting like self-worth, like for kids, especially like, you know, People crave likes. likes. I didn't get enough likes. Yeah, or I, didn't I didn't get, get enough, enough likes. Clicks like or hearts this. or whatever you get. Right. Pretty much yeah. all of them unanimously said that this is not going to change unless there's somebody steps in and changes it because it's profit and they're not going to hurt their own profit line. Exactly. Why would anyone change it except externally, right? Because right. these companies are cranking out dough with that. Yeah. I watched maybe the first eh, five or 10 minutes of this. I saw the guy that invented the like button and stuff. And I love documentaries, but I actually stopped it because it, it felt like it was about to tell me things I didn't want to hear. Like it felt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? Like I'm like, oh did. crap, What this feels so ominous. What's coming? What do I not want to know about social media that I'm involved in? Yeah. You know, and they had a little like kind of like a fictional family that can they interspersed in their involvement with like social media and how there's like the youngest kid just literally can't live without it. It sounds like a really bad training video at some corporation that you just got a new job at. <laughs> That's what they do all the time. It's like, here's how we do things at Happy Go 
lucky Mart. And then there's like these people that are fake employees and fake Here's managers. The Little yeah. Timmy loves right. our product. <laughs> right. But one of the things they put on there, though, which really kind of like, I was like, ah, they had like a little girl. She had to be like maybe 10 or 11 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she put like a picture of herself on Instagram, like a really cute little picture. And everyone's talking about, oh, adorable, cute. And she's smiling. And then one person said, oh, can you make your ears any bigger? Mm-hmm. And that's what she focused on. And I'm that's sure, what she right? focused on. And you see yeah. her looking at her ears in the mirror. And, and I totally, I mean, it was a very believable scenario. Well, people on the internet are assholes. You just have exactly. to start at that level. When you're hiding behind a screen and there's no there's no repercussions for what you say and do. But but kids don't know that, right? They, look exactly. how cruel kids exactly. are. Remember, we remember being kids. <laughs> kids <laughs> <Yeah>. are cruel. <laughs> you're ugly. What? It's not that this didn't happen before the advent mm. of social media. It's that you didn't have as many people able to criticize you yeah. in yeah. such a quick and easy way. And when they did criticize you back then, they were in your in immediate your sphere of influence. They're right there. And you so could punch them. You, you could punch them and exactly. smack them in the back yeah, exactly. of the head. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. No repercussions. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. And if I had a young kid, especially right now, I think it's mm-hmm. definitely something worth watching because it's definitely stuff that you probably want to be careful about with your children. You know, like mm-hmm. talk to them yeah. about this stuff and let them know Makes that, sense. you know, like you said, that like there's there's assholes everywhere. Yep. So definitely something worth checking out for sure. Okay. Maybe I'll watch more of it. Well, let's let's find <laughs> something happier. Now, this is funny because John is like, I actually saw this movie and I was like, oh, John would love this. And I sent it to you and you were like, too late, dude. Too late. It's already my pick for the podcast. I know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we've talked about before that we are suckers for time travel yeah. movies. Mo especially is. I know I am. George, oh, you yeah. like many of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I came across the newsfeed or somewhere. You know, sometimes they'll do these hidden gems you're not aware That's of that are on it. Hulu yeah. or Netflix, right? <laughs> and, uh, and they listed, hey, this great time travel movie. I'm like, really? So there's a film called Time Trap. Mm-hmm. It uh, came out in 2017, but it's, it's on Netflix now, which is where I caught it. And... What a weird movie that somehow simultaneously feels like a low budget movie that appeared to have tons of money available for effects. Yeah. So what, like they didn't get a good director or actor or writer or something like that? That's why it felt low budget or? There's the acting. It's a great question. Yeah, it's kind of hard to put my finger on, right, Mo? I I think the acting was a little low budgety. Like they weren't amazing actors in it. Nobody you knew in it, right? Yeah. And the, the concept and the writing was fantastic. It was a great idea. So he, here's, the, here's the premise, which is great. So there's this college professor, and he is on a quest to discover these people that went missing back in the 70s, out in this the middle of this kind of desert area, mm-hmm. uh, like rocks Arizona, and tumbleweeds and stuff. Like that, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, right. And uh, he's been searching for them. They went missing, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, whenever that was. And uh, it turns out they're his parents. Spoiler alert, no big deal. You find that out later. Yeah. But the issue is they got lost inside of a cave and in this cave time passes much more slowly than it does in the real world did they just take a choose your own adventure book and turn it into a film that's the cave of time i know right kind of but they they really riffed on it in a cool way because the people that are in there have all only been in there for a few minutes yeah or maybe a couple days at worst right there's a cowboy in there there are cavemen in there there are the people from the 70s in there the people who just went in there but they're all living in the same world in this bubble because they've just got there. You know what I mean? Right. And the progression is such that they slowly discover what's going on. Ropes were being cut, they thought, but it turns out ropes were just wearing because the time was passing so fast they were rubbing on the rocks. Mo, what did you think about this? I mean, I like watching it, but I'm not sure how I felt when I came out of the other end. I mean, it kept me engaged because I thought the premise was interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And the way they did it was very cool because it's not like you walk through like a door, like you could actually see into the real world. There was like a a way 
wave. Yeah. It was like flashing. It was getting bright and dark and bright and dark outside. And they thought, oh my gosh, those are days passing. And they realized, oh no, those are seasons passing. That's right. Ripping time passed. <laughs> you no, know, I thought it was very cool. And I thought like they did a really great job up until the end. Yeah. I, and yeah. the end mm-hmm. was a little too Disney for me. It kind of was. Yeah. Everything yeah. just kind of, I, I will not spoil it because it is worth seeing. I'm not not recommending it. I yeah. think it's, it if you enjoy time travel movies at all, it's neat. Yeah. The premise was cool. It was executed well. The way they did the science was neat. Yep. The ending was kind of like, eh. ta-da, everybody's fine, kind of. Are they? Oh, Who knows? Hey. Yeah. So as a time travel film, you should check it out if you dig that kind of thing. Don't expect to come out of it with, oh, my new favorite movie. You're not going to have that. But man, as, as a rainy afternoon movie. Oh, uh, yes. Perfect. And time travel? Psh, yeah. 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 So <laughs> time trap on Netflix is worth the 90 minutes or whatever so you got. Yeah. George, let's move on to you. What have you been checking out in media? Well, well I guess we're going to make the media segment the Netflix segment this this time. Oh, yeah. Because- Another one. Yeah, Uh I watched something on Netflix as well. I watched something that really pissed me off. I used to be a big fan of a certain organization, and I am no longer a fan of that organization. And it's all due to this new documentary that just came out called Challenger, The Final Flight. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. NASA are a bunch of fucking assholes. Holy (laughs) hell. Or at least several of them that no longer work there. Maybe the new NASA is different, but... Yeah, I, I watched the series. You know, I remember exactly where I was when the oh, Challenger yeah. blew up, as many of us mm-hmm. do of Generation yeah. X. Yeah. And I always knew that there was some a design problem with the O-rings, and mm-hmm. I understood mm-hmm. that, you know, there were some manufacturing defects involved, you know, as stuff came out. But I didn't understand what really happened. And to be honest, I kind of always blamed Challenger on the company that built those solid booster rockets. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's not their fault. I mean, it is. Yes, they designed them. And there were a couple of people who at that group maybe could have done something a little bit differently, but they tried to tell NASA oh. what the hell was going on. They tried to show them all the results because like when the Challenger or the space shuttle would go up, they would, of course, recover the solid booster rockets because that was right. part of the plan. It was supposed to make it cheaper because you reused parts, mm-hmm. right? Right. You, like the, the big tank you used like 10 times, I think, and the mm-hmm. SRBs were, I don't know, 20 times yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's supposed it supposed to be is, recyclable. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. So they would bring these things in and they were taking them apart and they could see the O-rings and they were like, oh, there's some burn through here because there's two O-rings in these things. Yep. There's a primary and then there's the secondary failsafe in case something goes wrong with the primary, just like anything would in a life or death Space situation. Vehicle, yeah. You have the primary <laughs> and secondary. So they showed several times where the primary O-ring had burned through and there was damage on the secondary O-ring, the outside one. And they were like, oh no, we can't keep doing this. But NASA kept trying to meet this schedule that they Mm -hmm. had of putting Mm. up so many space shuttle flights per month or per year. And they weren't meeting their deadline. And that's exactly why Challenger went up. They knew ahead of time because the company had done the research and said, oh crap, when the temperature gets lower, these O rings become brittle and then when they go up with the ignition and everything else they mm-hmm. had burned through and there was it wasn't wasn't there like frost that morning too? yeah there was yeah it was the coldest morning yeah. that anything had ever been launched in florida mm-hmm. they had gone out 
two hours before the launch and were banging icicles off the space shuttle. That's how cold it was in Florida. Wow. Okay. So this clearly, this documentary left an impact on you. Yeah. How is it, how is it presented? What's the documentary like? Is it interviews? Is it is it scientific? It's interviews, um, a lot of found footage kind of stuff, you know, like where they showed the different astronauts and giving interviews that I hadn't seen before. There was also wow. current day interviews with the surviving family members you know, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. It was back and forth. They even got the two guys who I blame the most for this tragedy. Now they got both of them on camera, which really really surprised Mm. me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They showed all the stuff from the hearing that went on. It's a four part mini series and each one is about 45 to 50 minutes. Wow. Wow. That's in depth. Well, yeah, but I mean, it kind of deserves that treatment, right? I'm not saying yeah, it doesn't. I'm like, that's it's not like a oh, it's a you know an hour long thing. It sounds like it's it's it, they put a lot of time into it. They definitely they have time did. to dig into the details. Okay, yeah, they wow. definitely did. And there were two gentlemen at NASA. There was this guy who was in charge of one of the facilities, and then there was like one of the almost top top guys. And both of them, like there was a call where that morning, the company who built the solid booster rockets is sitting there trying to say, hey, don't do this. Don't do this. And he's on the call. He's like, well, what do you want me to do? Just not launch shuttles until you figure this out? Yes, exactly what you're supposed to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't do it yeah. until it's safe. Yeah. Right. So it now, was. Space flight is a risk. Oh, absolutely. Of course. We're aware it, it's, it's absolutely a, it, it's a stunt man's job being an astronaut. But yeah. I mean, that's why they had test pilots. <laughs> yeah. When there are obvious red warning signs that you should not do something, you can only imagine the pressures they were under and well, bad and decision forget, on top of bad decision. That shuttle flight was not much more than a propaganda stunt because that was the first one that two civilians went up the teacher and then this other guy so they were trying to push it it got delayed two days it was supposed to go up on the Mm -hmm. sunday they moved it forward to the tuesday or something like that i forgot what the days were but it was really just we're still nasa we're still sending because people were becoming bored with the space shuttle program they were thinking yeah it was oh man it was horrible the Mm -hmm. worst part about it for me the documentary both the two guys Uh who were directly directly responsible for the decision who said, you know what? We heard what you say. We're going to do it anyway. Both of those guys right now, today, when this interview happened with them, they both said they would make the same decision. Hmm. I'm like, really? You've learned (laughs) nothing? You old crotchety murderer? That's exactly what they are. Mm. Oh, wow. Just totally what a, drove right, me insane. Man, what a powerful documentary, man. I mean, I, oh, I, yeah. I can hear that you are moved by what was oh, yeah. in it. And, yeah. Huh. Okay. And that's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. It's called Challenger, The Final Flight. Uh, for anyone who is a fan of space flight or a fan of the space program, you should yeah. definitely watch it because we get whitewashed so much with how great NASA is and how they're all super awesome and heroes and everything. But they're human beings, too, and they make dumb decisions that cost people their lives. Yeah, that's true in every profession, no matter what it is. Government, civilian, professional. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've run across a few of my jobs, you know. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right. So not a feel-good documentary, but certainly a valuable one. So good recommendation, George. Thank you. Mm -hmm. The Olympic ideal, American through and through, a heritage of striving, of greatness. Here's a salute from another American tradition. Hostess Twinkies Cakes, cream filling and fresh golden sponge cake. Hostess Twinkies Cakes is a proud supplier to the 84 U.S. Olympic team. Hostess and the Olympics, American through and through. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories, 
I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes. Okay, so going into tech and toys this time, I'm actually okay. So it's going to be kind of weird because, George, you were just talking about how the Challenger and how NASA mm-hmm. you're not a fan of. Right. Not knowing this, um, my tech toy was actually the NASA website. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel a little George awkward is like, those sons of bitches. <laughs> I, I feel a little Damn awkward. I, I feel, you know, but again, I think everything you talked about before with the Challenger, absolutely right. But as an organization, I still am a big fan of them. Even even though I know that they made bad decisions, like everybody does. Mm-hmm. I'm still a fan of the site. And I was actually doing some hunt and pet. Like, I've always been a big space nerd. And so I've been, I go to the NASA site every now and then, just look at new pictures and all that kind of fun stuff. And lately I've been going on because I heard that they had resources for 3D models. Like they had all the 3D models for all the spacecraft out there that you could download and print yourself. Ah, oh, really? Oh, yay. Okay. The 3D printer thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the other reason why I feel a little guilty about this one, too. Take it easy on George. Take it easy. I on know, me. I know. So, so, but anyway, in looking for the those and they do have them out there by the way this is pretty awesome huh. okay that's cool you could build a saturn rocket <laughs> in pieces like a lot of right. pieces because it's huge they have all the different things but the other thing i noticed i started looking at all the other resources they had on there for people like what i mean i knew they had a lot of pictures right everyone knows that yeah you see well, all yeah, the space yeah. pictures all that kind of stuff right then i saw the models like okay cool then i saw a thing that said ringtones i was like what <laughs> and i went and looked what's a nasa ringtone <laughs> Three, two, one. Could be the eagle has landed. It could be like. The, oh, it, okay. Yep. All right. That's an obvious one. Yep. yep. I mean, they have all the different like sound. They have just random space sounds <laughs> that you Beep. have as a ringtone. Beep. I mean, a Sputnik. Beep. Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> they actually have like all of those different things. And huh. the cool thing about it, I thought, was one is that they had them all the different formats. So no matter what kind of phone you have, they have all of them there. Either a good phone or an iPhone. Either way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was trying not to go <laughs> wow. there. But okay. <laughs> Um, it's just like the little things like, and they had like a bunch of like education resources, especially these days with so many people teaching kids at home or kids at home. Right. If you're looking for an interesting project to do with your kids, or you're looking for something interesting, just talk to them about science, go to the NASA website. They have like, here's something you could do with your kids to learn about XYZ and, and how to do it. And they have like an astronaut doing a video about it. There's just so many resources they have out there. I just wanted to bring it up to say that if you're doing anything at all with space or you're trying to do some science, something interesting with your kids, I would definitely think it's worth checking out. Hmm. I didn't have any idea that kind of thing was on NASA.gov. I thought it was just pictures of rockets and stuff. And I I don't know if I ever visited in the last 20 years, probably, to even look. (laughs) Okay, just talk about 3D models just for a quick second again. (laughs) Just really quick. Is that you could do the lunar lander, but then they have models of the actual landing sites that you could print. So So like the terrain with the terrain and the footprints <laughs> oh, oh that's neat it's just little details like that which i thought were pretty cool gotcha all right neat so i know george is not going to convince you that nasa's uh, any better but <laughs> oh no now they're double assholes because now they're throwing 3d printing now they're throwing 3d print stuff at you <laughs> sorry dude <laughs> i was really was trying to avoid old 3d thing this time but i couldn't help it that's what i had so john what do you got for us you know i'm not talking about 3d printing per se however Uh-oh. per <laughs> se all right how about you per se kiss my ass? <laughs> what I am going to do, if you heard our last episode, you know that George, though he found that 3D printer for us, mm-hmm. he actually did not get his yet and maybe doesn't have it yet. I don't know if you want to. Do you have it yet? Uh, well, we'll see if I have anything we'll in the see. tech and toy segment. Okay. How about that? All right, we'll find out. Okay. But what I want to tell you about was some home technology, and maybe it'll make George feel better because I got this new home technology because of that damn 3D printer that I did get. Oh. <laughs> huh? When you get a new 3D printer, 
printer, the first thing you do is you want to print things to see what the <laughs> hell they do. And so I myself said, what is cool that I could do that's interesting? And I'm like, oh, I found this really neat thing you could print that's a water turbine water saver that you like unscrew that little filter on your water faucet and you screw this little 3D printed thing on there and it kind of sprays the water out in a way and it's more efficient to wash your hands and it saves water and that sounded great to me. So because of that, <laughs> I know this is going I ended up getting a new piece of home technology <laughs> because I live in a home that has hard water and so when I tried to unscrew the old filter off of my water faucet, it broke my water faucet and it ripped the pipes out. Water started pouring from what? under my cabinets. <laughs> See, I knew about that part. I didn't okay. know the cause Breaking of this. Breaking the faucet? <laughs> I understand, but ripping pipes out? How in the hell do you rip pipes out when you're just trying to take an aerator off? You get a pipe wrench, right, to, to unscrew <laughs> the thing because well, it was too tight. I don't it was not get a finger pipe tight. Wrench, first of all, a pair of pliers usually handles it. It was too tight, so I had to get this <laughs> wrench. And so turning the aerator, oh my god! it literally, the copper pipe tore apart where it was soldered together before the thing unscrewed and caused water to come pouring <laughs> in oh under my, my cabinets. That's all you. How did you not notice uh, what you were doing? Well, because it's inside of the faucet. You can't see it breaking until it goes and the water starts coming out. You don't know it's not unscrewing because I felt it loosening, right? This so, is the most Gen X segment we have ever done. We are now talking about fixing plumbing on our podcast. Holy hell. Or not fixing it, actually. Why I wanted to bring this up in the, in the tech and toys segment is because, yes, I did get some beautiful new Kohler faucets in my bathroom. Yes, they look great. They work fantastic. I wanted to share with you, George, that although I did get my 3D printer, it is a net loss because I have, it cost me several hundred dollars to get these things repaired, to play with a toy I made on the 3D printer. More, in fact, that I paid for the 3D printer itself. I, I, I have no comment. <laughs> Oh my God, this is going to make me chuckle all day. <laughs> and so such as it is, I did not try to put that 3D printed thing on my new faucet. I decided, you know what? I'm going to leave well enough alone. I'm going to just go with the one that came on the faucet. Oh, so, that's funny. Yeah. So my new tech was some nice new plumbing in my bathroom <laughs> for something that I tried to 3D print and couldn't get it installed. So because mm. he took a pipe wrench to get off an aerator. <laughs> Why? Because it wouldn't come off. <laughs> I feared it was just a matter of more brute force and it would start coming <laughs> off. More and power. This faucet I mean, won't come apart. Let me go get my tank and drive over top of it. <laughs> this will fix it. That's a little exaggeration, but uh, but fair. Okay. <laughs> add a little of this, add a little of that, at Wendy's Garden Spot. It all adds up to something beautiful. At Wendy's Garden Spot, you can make hundreds of deliciously different salads, and each adds up to less than 300 calories. Wendy's Garden Spot, something better for Wendy's kind of people. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. Segment, 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 segment. I love this. Oh, I now love I have an echo. This what? is really great. Yeah. I love this intro. <laughs> so we've all got games to talk about. Obviously, yeah. I didn't have anything to finish out the Tech and Toy segment, which means I did not get my damn 3D printer oh, again. Oh. So we'll talk about that later. But for games, we all three had some fun stuff to talk about, I think. So, Mo, yeah. let's start with you. Yeah, so actually, this was an older game that I just bought and never played. I'm, like, George can relate to this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the entire point of what I've been doing with the Humble Bundle segment. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yep. this one, so there's basically a new version of this game came out. It's called Wasteland. It's a series. And Wasteland 3 just came out not that long ago. And I was like, wait a minute, I have Wasteland 2, and I've never played that. So let me try it. <laughs> what kind of game is Wasteland? I don't know if I'm familiar so with it. So it's, did you ever play the original Fallout, like one or two? Uh, no, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. Or Diablo. Yeah, sure. Yep. yep okay. Yep. It's that style game. Okay. All right. You know, so it's like a top down. I mean, I forgot how much fun those were because the original Fallout game was like that. You know, basically it's like a top down perspective and you have a little party of people. The fighting is not sophisticated. It's just kind of turn-based fighting. The, where they really did a great job was just the story and background because that's the interesting part. Basically, you know, nuclear war is a pretty typical scenario, right? Nuclear war is 100 years later, people surviving. The beginning of every video game. After exactly. the apocalypse, dot, dot, dot. After right. the apocalypse. <laughs> And so in this one, though, you're part of the Desert Rangers, which is a group of people that are trying to bring order back. So you're going out there and just meeting all sorts of interesting and colorful people in California. <laughs> so <laughs> post-apocalyptic California. It's kind of funny. I mean, you have the you have the, of course you have the religious crazies on one side, and then you have the technology crazies on the other side, and you're stuck in between. And it's also one of these games that you're always faced with a ton of these. There's no good choice choices. Oh yeah, like those Life is Strange when the screen splits. You're like, well, these are both bad ideas. Yeah, exactly. Or both of these, <laughs> right? both of yeah. these suck. Or like said there, he says, "Oh, oh, yo, these two communities are in trouble. You only have time to save one. Which one oh, are you going to save?" Right. You're like, "It's oh, the well, Superman crap. syndrome, right? Do you save yeah. Lois or do you save the train? Which one?" Or you right? go back one in of time, those deals. Right? But this doesn't. Yeah, give you, you fly that backwards option. around the Earth. Yeah, that's that, that's how science works. <laughs> yeah, and the, the very first mission, you have that dilemma. And it was enough of a dilemma for me that after I did it, I went online. It's like, is there a way to save both? <laughs> oh, yeah. And so you got that invested. search came up with hundreds of entries. There's a huge Reddit thing <laughs> about this and how people were struggling trying to figure out some way of saving both communities, but there isn't mm. a way of doing it. You can't. No. So is this the game you already had like in your library and you went back to play or you yeah, discovered it, had it was cheaper? Okay. All yeah, right. I already had it. It was extremely entertaining. I'm, I'm about, I think I played it probably about eight hours wow. total. Okay. You know, yeah. over the last couple of weeks, it was, it's one of these games. Is one thing I love about this game is that you could save often and pretty much anywhere. So you can get to a point like, eh, save and stop. Okay. And you come back and you pick up right where you left off. And you don't have to get to a certain point. You don't have to finish a certain thing. That by itself makes it a very easy to play game for me. So the Wasteland Three is probably a premium title. It's new, sixty it's bucks or something. New, just dropped yeah. like uh, two weeks ago. You didn't buy Wasteland Two at full price and not play it, did you? You bought no, part of a discount part of think? A bundle, I think. Oh, did it? okay. <laughs> That's how it happens. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> It, that's how it starts. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> because I think, yeah, actually, I think it owe oh, it to you, George, for me even remembering I had this because it was like, huh, I was looking through the waste, you know, my humble bundle set of hundreds of keys that I have now. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I have like, this. Oh, okay. look, Wasteland 2. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I should play this. You know, I did spend money on it. God knows how much. Yeah, 33 cents probably based on history. <laughs> yeah, really. But I think right now, though, you could probably buy it. I think it's like 12 bucks or $13 if you buy it new off Steam, which is an awful. Yeah, because it's the previous version. Yeah, yeah, and I totally think it's it. If you enjoy that kind of game, especially if you like the old Fallout games, 
basically a lot of people said that it's what Fallout 3 should have been instead okay. of going with the whole first person perspective change. Right. Yeah. That was questionable. Right. So it, it was extremely entertaining and I definitely think it's worth playing. Cool. So, I mean, so that's what I've been playing. John, I heard you had something related to a game that you were kind of familiar with. Yeah, a little bit. A, a little tiny bit. bit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's no secret that I'm a huge fan of Donkey Kong, uh, both the character and the original arcade game. Uh, and of course, on the uh, Super Nintendo, uh, right at the end of the life of the Super Nintendo, the Donkey Kong Country franchise reinvigorated the Super Nintendo by, uh, you know, Rare got involved. They made those. First of all, the game itself was super well designed, but the graphical style where it looked like it was 3D render, but they just made pixels, uh, you know, pixel maps out of those 3D renders. So I think probably all of us at one point or another have played one of the Donkey Kong Country games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have. Several I mean, times. Not, like, not a lot, I want to say the N64 it. probably. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. I mean, it's a franchise that it kind of sprung out of Mario because Donkey Kong was the antagonist. And so Donkey Kong got his own kind of franchise and it really becomes another line. But I probably stopped playing Donkey Kong Country games after my Super Nintendo. I mean, I kind of got into computers and whatever. And not long ago, I was thinking about it and went back to an emulator and started playing Donkey Kong Country. And it's fun, but it just feels so dated when you're used to modern stuff. And I so I played a little and I kind of set it aside. Now, the way the internet works is if you go searching for something, <laughs> other things like it start popping up your news feed, right? You know how this works. Yeah. So I started getting news feeds and articles and ads about a modern Donkey Kong Country game called Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Well, now this came out on the Wii U back in 2014. Sounds like that, a bad drink at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might. Well, I guess it could be. It came out on the Wii U in 2014, but the reason that kind of new articles were about it was because it just got ported to the Switch in 2018. They, you know, Switch is sucking up all these old franchises and just reinventing them. Just released that three-pack of Mario last week, right? So I went looking for it. Now, I never had a Wii U. I don't I don't know anybody that did, actually, that in my immediate mm. circle of friends. People, everybody in the on the planet bought a Wii, and everybody on the planet bought a Switch, but Wii U kind of fell in that valley. It was kind of the halfway mm-hmm. point between the two. Well, the thing was that the controllers were super expensive It was expensive Windows on Millennium for consoles. You're right. Yes, it was. It had that weird big deck thing. Yeah, it was, but didn't it also the controllers like super expensive for that or something crazy? It is. Well, it has a screen on it. And yeah. it's it was kind of like a half step to the Switch, I have learned, because you can kind of play on that controller in your hand while on that screen or on the TV screen. But all you're doing is streaming it to the controller. It's not like something you can walk out of the house with. Right. So anyway, so I dug up an emulator called Simu, and I had no idea that Wii U emulation was so far along. And I went and found a ROM for Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Sorry, Nintendo, if you're listening to this, but I did find a ROM. And by the way, ROMs these days, well, how big was the Donkey Kong ROM? Like this thing is 23 gigs. This was a Blu-ray. Holy crap. Right? This Ooh, enormous. Is that a ROM anymore? <laughs> it's like no. a disc image, right? It's what it is. <laughs> but man, I got into this thing and I was just like, think about watching Monsters Inc. and you see all the fur on Sully, you know, like all oh, yeah, the, the, the hair, ray the tracing did, yeah. fur. The, I can see where those gigabytes went. I mean, the quality of the imagery in this, it's the same kind of lighthearted game that Donkey Kong Country was, the same kind of mechanics. You're you're riding on mine carts and you're jumping over bees and collecting bananas and, and all that stuff. But wow, what a great game that I can't believe that I missed for now, what, 2026 years ago it came out. And just because it was on the Wii U, I never saw it. So this game now, this emulator has been running in the system tray on my computer for probably 
probably the last two weeks just paused. And every now and then I pick up my controller and resume from White Ray left off. It's brutally hard, but luckily you normally have about 99 lives. So you get to a hard spot and you die over and over. I heard that on the Switch, they added a new easy mode that you can play that simplifies it, dumbs it down. But you're not going to do that. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. (laughs) You have pride. (laughs) But discovering it was awesome because it's a franchise that, you know, if you enjoy, then I enjoy the character and all the way back to his origins in the original Donkey Kong, of course. And I kind of thought I'd seen everything there was to see in that franchise, but to discover something I didn't know was out there, not even peripherally aware of, to find it so good and so engaging. I mean, I almost, had I not been able to find an emulator that could play it, I was ready to walk out and purchase a Wii U used somewhere just because how good it looked. And it is a great game. So if you enjoy Donkey Kong Country and you missed out on that like I did, that's something that is worth investigating that there are those other nuggets out there that fell in that weird valley around the 2013-2014 when the Nintendo just wouldn't have a good mainstream home console. They had a handheld, but not so much a home console. Cool. And so that's what I wanted to share here. Now, George, let's. I want to move along to your thing. You're still working on this A to Z kind of alphabet soup of your hum- humble bundle games that you've had forever and not played. We were alluding to. What letter are we up to now? What are we doing? Well, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of losing track because I've been doing this damn thing for so long at this point. <laughs> uh, no, I'm up to letter O. So that's pretty far. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, we're getting we're getting in the back half now for sure. Yeah. Uh, we're on the back nine. And I didn't have any problem whatsoever finding the game for the letter O. You might think, oh, letter O, that's a difficult letter to find a game with. No, not in this case. I got Oxen Free. As oh, a good one. Oh, good one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So I'm not even going to bury the lead here. This is the only game so far on my list with a perfect five token rating. I mean, Deserves I it. love this game. <laughs> yeah, it I is, can totally get that. It's by far one of my favorites. I played this thing probably through two or maybe three playthroughs, which if you've ever played Oxenfree, you understand why that's important because everything (laughs) changes every time, especially based on what you did the first time. But I'll give you the description for anybody who hasn't played it yet. Oxenfree is a supernatural thriller about a group of friends who unwittingly open a ghostly rift. You are Alex and you've just brought your new stepbrother Jonas to an overnight island party gone horribly wrong. And it goes horribly wrong in the best kind of way. I mean... This game is visually beautiful and stunning with that simplistic art style. Yeah, very simple. To Limbo or one of those types of games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The voice acting in it is stellar. Phenomenal. I don't know any of the people. I haven't tried to look it up to see who the cast is, but it's a beautiful group of voice actors. The music in the game, Mm -hmm. not just, well, not just music, but sound effects and the the ambiance and everything else. Oh, man. The entire sound design. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's perfectly creepy and awesome all at the same time. And plus, it's got that paranormal twist in it that's it so does. cool. And they yeah. handle it in such a neat way. And there's surprises. Oh, my, I want to go play this game again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a great game. No question about it. Well, just for the stats nerds out there. So this game was released uh, in January of 2016. It currently is $9.99 on Steam. I still think that's a beautiful purchase price for that game. Yep. At that, yep. it should be an instant buy if you have don't already have it. I was lucky enough to get this in the humble, very positive bundle number two <laughs> in September of 2017. The humble bundle price for me was seven dollars and thirty eight cents. There were twelve items in the bundle, so this game cost me sixty two cents. <laughs> wow, what a nice. steal! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I remember specifically buying this game because. 
you had recently discovered the game and were talking about it. And then it seemed like within a week of you talking about it, the humble bundle came up with it. It it was why I bought that bundle was for this game. And I'm so happy I did. Yeah. You don't regret it, do you? Nope. No, it's the best (laughs) one on the list for me. I mean, uh, there's a lot of great games. I've never met anybody that regrets Oxenfree. My daughter has an Oxenfree tattoo. She loved the game so much. It was so meaningful to her. The story was so rich and deep and the characters. Oh yeah. What a great pick, man. Oh, wow. It's an awesome game. I've got, apparently, according to Steam, I've got like 10 hours into the game. So even at the full purchase price that it's at right now for $9.99, I would have already gotten my Corys out of it. I know we haven't brought up Corys in a while, but it's a game that, man, it just transcends the independent game scene. You know, sometimes you get those hit or miss where the game doesn't feel finished or maybe it's unpolished or the voice acting isn't that great. But this is an independent game that is on par with the AAA titles of its day. Well, and aside from just being polished and finished, it's one of those that I would argue fits into the games as art. I mean, there is a mm-hmm. story there. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it is a piece of art in its totality to take in. And several different art forms, like you're saying, the writing, the artistic side yeah, of it, the sound design, the music. all that together, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can even, and I'm... I was looking at Steam on it when I was preparing for the episode. There's a way to buy the soundtrack for this game. Oh, uh, sure. You can purchase yeah, yeah. the game yeah. and the soundtrack for like $15. I might actually do that because I love that game that much. I mean, it's, it's really worth it to yep. me just to get the audio on that. It's it's a beautiful game. That sounds like easy pick. That was, <laughs> and, and, and for O, <laughs> often hard to find a game for O, but that was an obvious great one. Absolutely. Cool. So how are we doing on our stats now? Up to O, the back mm-hmm. half we said. How much yep. have we spent? Where are we at? Um, well, let's see. So, so far, we've spent $182 on Humble Bundles. Yep. We have saved $234 over full game prices versus what we've spent for the individual games once you mm-hmm. divide them down by the number of Humble Bundle items. So, yeah, we're, we're doing pretty well. <laughs> to a damn fine. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Now, after we do one of these, you often have a game to give away. Do you have an extra spare key to give to one of our fourth listeners? I do, actually. All right. Yeah. I think this week the uh, the subject line for the email ought to be Ali Ali Oxenfree. <laughs> I think okay. that's appropriate. Uh, the game, however, we did search through all of our Steam keys yeah. and everything because we wanted to give away Oxenfree. Unfortunately, right. we've all used all the keys well, because we have. We're <laughs> using Oxenfree. Game. We're playing that thing. Right. Didn't have an extra. Right. But I did have a key for a game that is the predecessor to another huge favorite of Gen X Grown Up. I know you guys remember Bioshock. Oh, I know where you're going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the predecessor to Bioshock in many people's eyes is System Shock. System Shock. Yeah. I have a Steam key for System Shock. The Enhanced Edition. Oh, the remastered kind of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anybody who wants it, all you have to do is send us an email with Ali Ali Oxenfree in the subject line, and the first person gets the System Shock Enhanced Edition Steam Key. And email to podcast at genxgrownup.com. Yeah, sure. Perfect. Yeah, (laughs) sure. You can just put it in a cave (laughs) in a portal and, you know. (laughs) <laughs> It'll get to us eventually. We'll find One it. One day, right, if time passes at a different rate, we'll make it there. Cool. I'm flabbergasted. That's what Pat Leary said when she found out how much milk is in just one slice of Kraft Singles. Tell me when. Mm, when? Some imitation slices stop there, but Kraft puts five full ounces of milk in. Each slice? <sighs> wow. 
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. As we round out the back half of the show here, we'd like to take just a second to talk about what we're looking forward to between now and the next time we get together to record the show. And Mo, I want to start with you. I know you're looking forward to something that uh, George just might be interested in. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of these things I'm like, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not sure if it's going to be good or not. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think I know where you're going, but yeah. And this is another Walking Dead series called The World Beyond. Yeah. Which yep. it sounds interesting because the premise of this one, it's about the first generation to grow mm-hmm. up during the apocalypse, the zombie right. apocalypse. Oh, huh. so they okay. don't remember a time before. So this is the little ass kicker generation is what this series is built around. I'm hoping because uh, if everyone mm-hmm. dies, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> well, there's going to be people that are going to die. Oh, I mean, it's I assume some dead. people are going to die. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's right. dangerous time, right? <laughs> don't fall in love with any characters, whatever you do. <laughs> yeah. Which actually to me is like, that's one of the, the, the faults I think of the original series was that you didn't feel like you wanted to get invested in any character because they could all die. <laughs> so yeah. it's like... Makes it real. Which is good and bad. <laughs> yeah. But right. anyway, so this one, it's starting October 4th. It's on AMC, of course. It looks interesting. The original Walking Dead, to me, I think is sort of, and this is my opinion, I think it kind of played out a little bit. I'm not sure how many more plot lines and how many more bad guys they could find to go against. But this one seems like it's a very different kind of story because it's, again, these bunch of kids who grew up. This is normal for them. This isn't like the way it's not supposed to be. Just your description is interesting to me. I mean, I was not a huge follower of The Walking Dead. I know, George, you were heavily invested in The Walking oh, yeah. Dead. And you you kind of soured on it over time a little bit, but it's a love-hate relationship, right? They went to some different things, but I still love the series. And, you know, Mo, you said, how are they going to find a new bad guy? They definitely found new bad guys up until the end of the comic book run. Now, the series is, if they continue to go on with it, they're going to go past the comic book run because where they were at in the last season, that's one of the last major baddie storylines that happens before the comics end Mm. so there's only one more really do they actually finish Um, the comic book series or comic book series has been done for a while now yeah oh he's not doing anymore okay no yeah that that ended uh 2018 maybe maybe early 2019 Mm. but just the promise of being the generation that grew up never knowing normal or the previous normal it's like people born in 2021 that don't know life before coronavirus you know it's like, <laughs> it's like what you didn't have to wear masks before yeah right i would even watch the pilot for that because that's an intriguing premise so all right yeah okay so that's what i got what you, so john i know you got something that's really cool i cannot believe this is finally happening i had no idea it was coming yes but the fourth season of fargo the oh. series on amc that's based on the coen brothers amazing film is set to drop September. September 27th. Now, this season takes place in 1950s Kansas City and stars Chris Rock in a dramatic <laughs> role 
Yeah, it looks really interesting. So Fargo is a time travel story. I see. I didn't watch the movie, so I didn't really oh, ever get dude. into it as much as you oh, did, you're, John. You're, you're missing out. So you're missing very out quickly something. to answer your question, George. So the series, each season is an anthology and it takes place in that universe, but it looks at different slices of that universe from different times. Like one of them was in the, the 80s and one of them was in modern day. And this one is mm-hmm. back in the 50s, but they're all they're thinly connected by some threads of story. Oh, and, okay. and similar same characters different ages yeah different ages right in one season we saw a man who was played by uh, David Carradine I think and then mm-hmm. the next season we saw another man playing a younger version of him because it's connected but the stories were not even remotely connected it was just those people uh, gotcha. the same kind of storytelling yeah it's so, funny because uh, when I first heard Chris Rock I was like huh mm-hmm. but they picked some people that I would not have thought would have done well or didn't seem to make sense but they were all amazing so I have no mm-hmm. doubt that he's going to do an amazing job with Chris Rock too yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see what he does. And, uh, you know, the, the period pieces and the way these are written, it just Fargo is one of those that just it pulls you from episode to episode and it's episodic. They don't all drop at once. So you you torture over you know, cliffhanger endings. Yeah, I've been eager for this. It's supposed to come out it's in April, but got delayed. When so, did the last yeah. one come out? Oh, it's been a couple of years at least. It's been, yeah. 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 So. It's on FX, September 27th, Fargo, season four. <laughs> George, how about you? What are you looking forward to, my man? Well, we found out in the Tech and Toy segment that I still don't have it. So, yep, I'm still looking forward to my Creality 3D printer. Fuck those guys. Fuck them in their stupid asses. Do you have a, a, a tracking number yet? Do you have any nope. information? Oh. Nope. Oh, my God. All I got is recently they sent out another email saying, hey, we're doing so great. We've only got two batches left to send out. Here's one of them. Like, yep, fuck you. Apparently, I'm in the next one. (laughs) They did, I guess, release the code on their website. So if you want to go look at all the software code for it and maybe do something different with the 3D printer that you probably already have and I don't. You can go there and download it and, I don't know, mess around with it or something. That sounds like a more of a tease. I, yeah. Here's all the stuff you can yeah. do but print. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if you had one, George? Yeah. yeah. It would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Uh, I know that there has been a lot of chatter about 3D printers in our Discord channel. Um, lately, you know, people are talking about it because John's showing all these pictures. Oh, I've got this spaghetti over here. I'm like, yeah, I don't even have spaghetti. Right. I know yeah. it's going to be a fun world once I get it. It's going to be tainted, though, because of this experience. Yeah, which oh, is, yeah. I know, that that's sucks, too bad. I don't blame yep. you. I'm still looking forward to getting it because I want to play with a 3D printer. It's because you want to get some new plumbing, apparently, right? Well, <laughs> I think I can avoid using a giant-ass monkey wrench on a bathroom faucet. But <laughs> you say that, but yet I did it, so I don't know. <laughs> get a little closer. Don't be shy. Get a little closer with Arid Solid Extra Dry. Ordinary deodorant sticks contain nothing to fight wetness, but Arid Solid fights odor and wetness with Arid's powerful anti-wetness ingredient. And only Arid has this baby fresh scent that's, hmm, baby fresh on you. Get a little closer with Arid Solid Extra Dry. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access.
If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to do it for episode 81 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Before we leave, we always like to take just a second here at the end to give our gratitude to the people that support us over on Patreon. And I'm talking about the patrons who literally give a few bucks every single month to keep the lights on here and support and believe in what we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and on the website. And I want to thank each and every one of you. Matt, Jason, Blasted, Stash, Ben, Dan, Sean, Mike C, John with an H, Slomo, Greg L, Marcus Davis, Dana, Stubaka, Tony, Arlem, Stu Monkey, Levi, Thomas, Chet, Adam, David, Travis, T2, Greg Z, Mark, Steen, Agile, Lee, Shelby, and Chad. Thank you each nice. and every one. Well done. Yeah, I, I, it's getting harder and harder to make it through in a breath. But yes, I'm so grateful. If you would like to join these folks in supporting what we do, it's very, very easy. George, would you let the fine fourth listeners know how to go about that? Absolutely. All you have to do is go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. There's a couple of buttons to click. If you don't already have a Patreon account, you just create one and then you can join the Gen X Grown Up following of patrons. All you have to do is click one of the different levels to send us a mm-hmm. little bit of money every month and it's all greatly appreciated. $1, we love each other. $2, we love each other double as much. $3, get you into all that behind the scenes content. $5, get you some swag and we are working on 3D printed swag as we speak. Yes, we are. Two of and us And then are. there's even a couple of crazy, all right. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Wow. Bad form, Mo. Bad form. Yeah. (laughs) Too soon? Is it too soon? Sorry, I couldn't help it. Good. Uh, No, but we definitely, we have some very awesome loyal patrons we even have two patrons who have signed into that crazy 25 dollar per month oh, yeah. level wow. that gives them that extra influence on helping us decide what content to create and what comes out next if you're interested in patron at all we definitely appreciate every single penny that gets sent to us every month it's the thing that keeps us going with all the tools that we have to use not to mention it's a huge inspiration just to know that there are people out there who say what you're doing is so good we really want to support you absolutely here's a dollar mm-hmm. a month yeah. That, yeah, that's absolutely. what does it for us. So yeah. genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Well said. Excellent. Yep. That is going to wrap it up for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks with another one, but next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Mo, would you tell our fine fourth listeners what they had to look forward to next week? No. Uh, okay, George, would, would you mind telling the fourth listeners what's on the next backtrack? No. Oh, oh, okay. I see what you're doing here. It's because our next backtrack is all about the Just Say No campaign. They were being literal. They were following, I was just following the title. <laughs> yeah. It says Just Say No. no. That's, That's right. Yeah. In the 80s and 90s, Nancy Reagan had this campaign trying to keep youngsters off of illicit drugs from ever getting started. It was the Just Say No campaign. It was unavoidable as part of growing up Gen X. And we're going to dig into what it was, its history, its legacy, and kind of how, what its effects were on the next backtrack. You want to miss that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. And fourth listener, it's you we all appreciate most of all. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? 
Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Well, let's get it up, get it off the off the rails, the ball. Get it off the ball. Let's get it. I just say get it on, and I'm like, whoa! In five, four, three. You know that can mean fighting too. It doesn't have to go straight to sex with you, perverts. What the bouncing a wow wow? Yeah, get it on. Oh yes, get it on could be fighting, but bouncing a wow wow is not. No, that's what I'm saying. You went there. Oh yeah, okay, okay. I thought you were debating the bouncing a wow wow at fighting, and it never has in my world. Not my world. That means one thing. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.